live on, uh, and you're listening to this on uh, a very special holiday to 7% of our audience. That's right, that's right mate. Good day <laughs> to our favorite day. listeners. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a special Anzac Day, which is probably the episode in which I've put most effort to uh, securing guests. Uh, I've had, I've been, I've been planning this for oh, nearly a year, and uh, I've had several different people lined up. And uh, here we are. It's a solo episode with just me and Scott. Yeah. Would you really have it any other way, though? <laughs> Absolutely not. No, I think it's probably the best way. Yeah. Especially this. Now we can. Now, now it's just going to be two mediocre uh, Australian accents instead of like potentially another one that's really bad. Yeah. Because <laughs> like we've at least been practicing our accents. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, fair guy. <laughs> but uh yeah, we're gonna talk about some uh punter uh, punters who are gonna be uh fucking uh storming the like. beaches. Yeah, this is the this is the first and worst Normandy. Yeah. It really is. About. There are a lot of fucking similarities between this and fucking D-Day. Yeah, I've, there's actually a documentary I watched online. It might have been done by the BBC called... Uh, oh, also, we should mention Gallipoli campaign of World War I. Uh, the ill-fated Gallipoli uh, campaign, you might say. Um, yes. But, uh, yeah, it, there's a documentary devised online. By, devised by Normie Hero. Yeah. Winston Churchill. Right? I know. I know. By the way, also all of the um, the documentaries I watched about this had were like pure Churchill uh, fucking apologia. Yeah, of course. Where they just like, uh, they, like I literally, I there was one, there was one where it ended, and it had a quote of his like bemoaning that they hadn't stayed longer. What a fucking bloodthirsty <laughs> psycho, dude! <laughs> and like he's like, oh well, they didn't really give it a fair go uh, of my plans or whatever. Uh, and it's like, dude, like how many more would you have preferred to die? <laughs> Yeah. Both sides, well, it was a fucking bloodbath. I mean, it's like uh, the Turks all did it without some without some fat guy saying that they will fight us them on the beaches. Yeah, which they did. Yeah, literally. So, you know, um, I mean, we're we're not here to uh, bash Churchill. Uh, you know, great man and all that. I totally get it, but. Uh, yeah, it's not his finest hour. No, to coin a phrase. Yeah, he was. Uh, I believe he was at the time the uh, um, Lord Admiral. First, uh, it was the first Sea Lord of the Admiralty, which right, basically right. means the boss of the Royal Navy. Yes, essentially. Yeah, he's second in command of the uh, political boss. So he's, he's right. not. He's, he's, not, he's not a military rank per yeah. se. Um. But uh, yeah, what's it called? Uh, and also another familiar face uh, uh, is uh, one Lord Kitchener. Yeah, from the Boer War. Mustache dude. Yep. <coughs> Kitchener, probably an even bushier mustache than mine. Um, Not that you have one now. I don't have one now, but when I do have one, it's bushy. Right. But I, I you know, I can't hold a candle to Kitchener and. Uh, Again, it comes back to, as we said in the Iran-Iraq thing, 
it seems to give a fellow a lot of confidence. Yeah, it's true. It certainly is an ostentatious uh, centerpiece uh, for one's face. <laughs> um, a bit much when you when your face already has uh, so ostentatious a centerpiece yeah, already. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, why do you think Jews wear glasses? Yeah, <laughs> to draw attention away. <laughs> yeah, um, it's basically. I well, I mean, oh, I always thought the nose look came who, with the looky, glasses. Looky, looky! Oh wow. Ladies and gentlemen, very special guests joining us from a stairwell. <laughs> uh, one Larry Bea. Yeah, hey. yo, yo. <laughs> yo, what's up? What's going on, Larry? Dude? It's awesome. Oh, man, to- I'm here for you, man. I'm here. Awesome. Cool. It's great. It's it's fitting that you should join us uh, on this this night because um, so now there are going to be three bad Australian accents. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's fitting, mate. <laughs> yeah. What's the crack? Yeah, that's Irish. Yeah, <laughs> but, oh, oh, we, yeah. We're, um, hey, you didn't know how bad it was going to be. It was going to yeah. be Irish. <laughs> Larry, you're looking great tonight. Have Thank you, been... you, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. So it, there wasn't anyone fitting. more comfortable to be to, than the stairwell. Yeah, well, see, I'm on the run. I got you. <laughs> well, thanks for being here for us, then. Yeah. Um, All right, so what you got going on? Uh, we so were we talk, just kind of comparing um, the Gallipoli campaign of the First World War with uh, it, it. We were just kind of saying that it's 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 sort of like the uh, first run or the first try at D-Day. Okay. And, and, and break it down for me because I wanted to know more about the Gallipoli. Whatever it's called. Well, the reason we're doing it is because uh, this episode comes out on Anzac Day, which is huh. because Anzac Day is the anniversary of this event. Yeah. Uh, and basically the Australia and New Zealand uh, forces. Uh, it's, but, it's, Anzac stands for Australian and New Zealand Armed uh, Corps. Yeah. Okay. And they they were part of the... the so there were uh, English... Australian, New Zealand, and Indian troops were involved in this amphibious assault on a peninsula uh, at the mouth of the Bosphorus in the Dardanelles in Turkey. And right. and, and who 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 was the like the main instigator? Like who was the main person that was like, "Yo, we're well, we doing it." It was the soon-to-be famous Winston Churchill, who was yeah. uh, at the time he was he was he the was, brainchild. Uh, yeah, it, it was. Or a, he was the it, uh, the brain. Boss. It was meant to be, and it, so <laughs> it, it was, was the to, brainchild of him. The the tactical, uh, the the sort of strategic situation was that uh, the British and the Russians were on the same side in World War One. It was right. uh, April. Well, I think it, it actually started it in February 1915, uh, when everybody was already bogged down on the Western Front. Right. And Complete the, standstill. Uh, yeah, Churchill decided that, well, all the, the Allies wanted to open up a second front to split the German forces. And they also yeah. wanted that they they needed to keep Russia's supply line supply lines open, which meant ensuring a- Allied access to the Black Sea. Right. Uh, okay. Russia pretty much you, from the jump was getting bitched the fuck out by the Germans. Yeah. Like, and so it was kind of crucial that they get supplied by uh, the British who had uh, naval superiority. So, yeah. So 
think of the da the Dardanelles is a, a narrow passage of sea that goes b between it goes through Turkey, but it actually <laughs> separate. It's a dividing line between Europe and Asia. Yeah, and it's think Suez Canal. It's a very narrow stretch of water. Yeah. It's the ancient uh, city of Constantinople, where the uh, yeah. where the Byzantine Empire was originally uh, uh, headquartered. Yeah, so okay. this, is, th this is what it's all about. So this, church... was just, this was just a little bit before our time then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but really, the World War One was where all this shit that's going on now started, which yeah. we have you to thank for steering yeah. our show in that direction uh, yeah. many months ago, Larry. Uh, you really changed so You're like thinking. the godfather of our grandest conspiracy theory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everything leads back to World War One. Yeah. What yeah. were they trying to do? They were trying to do exactly what they're doing today, create yeah. a world government. Yeah. And they said, this is who we wanted to be. But it's like conquering, conquering, you know. Yeah. We are Now, what is it? What do the Asian people come in doing all of this? Well, I, I, Asian as in Turk. So it was, you had the Ottoman Empire, the Austro-Hungarian Empire uh, and uh, the British Empire and the, the French and other European empires were all, you know, we're all uh, opposed to each other at this point. So, no, because what I was wondering was, was Asia at this time, and I can go back and look, but was Asia at this time saying, hey, we'll be to our, we'll just stick to ourselves, or were they going? Well, Japan you know, hey, was we uh, in its like period that, like, that led to them being boys with the Nazis. They were like f literally raping China. Yeah, <laughs> and the Philippines yeah. and Vietnam and stuff. That's what they were up well, to. That's where all the hot chicks be at. <laughs> yeah, that's not... <laughs> so, the, um, so yeah, the sort of strategic situation was Turkey's on both sides of this waterway, and it still is. And the Ottoman Empire was. I mean, it didn't survive the First World War, but it, it kind of won this engagement. Uh, uh, they controlled the Middle East and quite a bit of Europe. You know, yeah. all, all the, like, um, because I mean, it was a player in it from the beginning because the Czechoslovakia, the... It was a Serbian national the, uh, the that... Uh, Serbia was the, part yeah, of the Ottoman Empire, Ser wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it, it, pretty much, yeah. Well, yeah. that's the thing. It, that, that's the thing. The Serbia, that whole, um, that whole like, Slavic area there was kind of divvied up between the Austro-Hungarian Austro Empire and the Ottomans. Like, really, and then this, like, distinct ethnic group, the Slavs, like, were basically in... Like, uh, you know, they were b partisans, essentially, like in both of these countries. So it became like an international issue anyway. Um, yeah. But uh, what's it called? The uh, as far as the uh, the Ottomans go is uh, they were like a really weak empire at the time. They're like in their death throes, basically. And also a really uncomfortable kind of chair. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, what's it called? Did uh, you guys still see me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get you got okay. your uh, your background now. Looks good. Um, yeah, okay. But uh, <laughs> that's what's for my comedy stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, what's it called? Uh, and yeah, so th it was called at the time the old sick man of Europe. Like politically, yeah. it was dying, and like actually, a po a, a popular political movement had uh, emerged that was like you know kind of ran by Jews actually. Uh, the Young Turks, you may have heard of it. Now uh, one chunk yogurt. 
uh, dons yeah. that uh, dons that name uh, and carries that's, on that's, the tradition. I was gonna say, and now it's just uh, relegated to an uh, YouTube channel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but uh, well, well, didn't the faces call themselves the Young Turks at some point as well? Oh no, they had a song called Young Turks, didn't they? Ah, uh, yes, yeah. yes, yeah. Yeah, actually, the, the young thing that that like the political movement, um, uh, nationalist political movement, it was actually taken from the nationalist Italian movement from like 20 years yeah. earlier uh, right. than that. It, so it was sort of like a meme to be the young whoever's um, yeah. at the time. But, yeah, it was like a bunch of like Jews and Albanians and Greeks who were like this. Interesting. It's an interesting coalition of people that, you know, they were the dudes who ended up being responsible for the fucking Armenian genocide, by the way. The Young Turks. The Young Turks were, yeah. yeah. They were the ones who were like, they considered the uh, Armenians to be like a fifth column because there were a lot of Armenians in Russia. So they right. thought uh, they thought that they that the Armenians would, you know, side with Russia in the war in the First World War. So right. that's why they decided to be like, we got to take care of these fucking Christian motherfuckers. <laughs> so it was a big, it was a big slaughter of Armenians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A genocide. But yeah. this was so. The, this event's tied up in the dry run for D Day and the bad genocide. Yeah. So give me okay, according so to the me, movies. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So give me the breakdown on the lead up to D Day. Well, like, so the the lead up to the. So it's the, the Anzac Day. storming of Gallipoli, which is now commemorated as Anzac Day, was um, basically Churchill conceived it as, because he was in charge of the Royal Navy, yeah. which basically meant he was in charge of all the navies of the of the Allies, really. Yeah. And uh, so he... And in, in a mean, small I, I way, he was thought... kind of in charge of the army too, because in order to get yeah. the army to places, they had to, the navy had to take them there. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the navy. Yeah. The navy. This is, before, this is before the marines came along and needed to ride. Yeah. Yeah. The na the navy's called the uh, well the na marines are part of the navy. Yeah. In, in, right. in British England, forces. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Right. So they uh, because they were originally just like the soldiers on the ships who kept the crew in order, weren't they? Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, but those, those, those are the straight guys on the boat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> ain't that the truth? <laughs> so uh, yeah, the the it was originally conceived as a as an entirely naval plan where the navy would just steam through the Dardanelles and smash the fuck out of the Turks, uh, and they tried that starting in February. And I mean, I have to say, you would have thought. The Royal Navy at that time could have just obliterated the entire coastline and, and yeah, they probably would have had better luck doing that. That's what they yeah. tried, and the uh, the the coastal defences were so strong because I, I guess you know I mean this is the thing of a a declining empire still has quite a bite to it, doesn't it? Yeah. Especially, yeah. especially when its own territory, its homeland, is being threatened, and there's no more. You know, nobody could no, no matter how incompetent the management of the of of Turkey was, they couldn't fail to see the tactical, uh, you know, the strategic significance of that waterway. So it was defended to fuck, and they were just smashing the the 
the British ships couldn't get they couldn't break through. So they they just decided that they would land a, uh, a a amphibious force on the end on the southern tip of the Gallipoli Peninsula, which is at the in the roads as they call it, you know, in the in the the entrance to the to the waterway from the west, and uh, they there were two English groups uh, that got landed on the southernmost beaches and the, the Australian and New Zealand contingent were at the northernmost of the three beaches they were going to land right. on. They called that one Anzac Bay and then the English yeah. the English forces were on Y, or no, W, V, and X. And X uh, it, it, well, no, it was... It, 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 I think it don't that, sound like no chicks was on this beach. No, no. <laughs> they, so, they Unless was, you like they, uh, hairy Turk women. I think the, the, the <laughs> The Brits landed on W and V, and the Aussies were supposed to land on Z, but they got lost. Oh yeah, and then they ended up just calling it Anzac Bay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So where they they landed in the wrong place. I know we turned a bite around. It's like how do we get to West Virginia? W and V. Yeah. So yeah, I would imagine a few of them will have thought, "Fuck this!" <laughs> so I'm the, gonna fuck my cousin. The, the, the I don't know first, why. I just feel like it. <laughs> the first problem they ran into was that the, uh, I mean, the the area they chose wasn't particularly well, def- wasn't particularly defended in numbers, but it was defended by geography, and the, yeah. they had terrible right. maps. So they didn't yeah, realize they the, the last time that they got maps from this region was during the Crimean War. Yeah, which was, I believe, like over seventeen or eighteen years prior. Hmm. They had a they had a map where it was like, okay, now take seventeen steps, and there's <laughs> yeah. an X over here. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, what, what they had was what they actually had was sketches from, because it, like, I I've actually done yachting in not in that area, but in okay. in Turkish waters, and the the most up to date navigational charts are from the 1890s from the British Admiralty. Uh, And that's, that's what everybody uses around there, but they don't go into great detail about the, the land obviously, because boats don't need to know, you know, ship's captains don't need to know about that. So what the, the, the Navy's standard operating procedure was the equivalent, the equivalent of an extra sketch. Yeah. They had, (laughs) they had officers who were trained to do sketches of the, so they, you know, they look at the coastline through binoculars, do sketches, and then send them off to the army, and yeah. they would plan their assault or choose the location. So they they'd done their own sort of very recent mapping in the in the period when they were bombarding the area, and yeah. uh, so they they kind of they've got these beautiful drawings of it, but it's not like a proper. It's still only like from the perspective of the deck of a ship. Uh, and what they didn't realize was just how bad they were yeah. as, as landing places. But I mean, any beach is a bad place to land, isn't it? Because it's, it's by definition. Yeah. You ever point. fucking try to run in boots on the beach? Well, yeah, there's that's that. How you but train. It, yeah. it's also that's the, how you train. It's the, it's the lowest piece of ground you can get isn't it. Cause it's where the ground meets the fucking water. True. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so there was cliff, 
low cliffs overlooking. And basically, each of the beaches was just defended by two machine guns that set up a crossfire. And it just was like a, the, the, the British troops that went ashore. I think the, the first landing was 900 men. And three hundred of them were were shot in the were killed in the first hour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was. Uh, and I mean, like, that's pretty typical for any fight in World War One, too. Yeah, I guess so. And they 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 didn't have landing craft either. They were they were they had steam launches from the battleships that just towed all the lifeboats ashore with the yeah. with the full of the men. And then they'd have to row the rest of the way. Yeah, and oh, the the first lot I think were a Lancashire regiment of some description. There was there was two thousand of those guys on hiding on a on a collier. It was meant to be a Trojan horse, you know, a coal ship, mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, that was the first ship to go in. It re- it beached itself, but it was such a big ship that it it beached itself in water so deep that a lot of the guys just drowned under the weight of their own equipment. <laughs> Good work, guy. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder. A, a lot of like war was so badly managed yeah yeah like like you know you 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 leave with five thousand men it's almost like you should have said you know with two thousand of y'all why don't y'all just stay home because y'all we're gonna yeah these really people sort of look at it and say oh you know in those days it was like this but actually i think the it's just that because people couldn't communicate, ordinary people couldn't communicate with each other across space, across large distances and different cultures, the way that we can. They, the sort of naked disdain for the ordinary person that the people who run our lives have, they didn't have to hide it as much then. Yeah. But I think I think the the way that the that these men were just thrown into a hail of bullets for on an ill-conceived, ill-planned adventure is really yeah. a symptom of the way they were viewed by the people who were commanding them. And the, and the thing to remember is that the, it's the same people commanding us now, and they still look at us exactly the same way. And that you know, it's it's becoming ever more apparent that. Nothing's really changed. You know, I play this game called um, Narcos. Right. Um, and, and in Narcos, you got these Sicaros. And um, and it's like I, I, I load them up. Right. But it's like they they just run into these machine guns until <laughs> like they're until their line it like goes from green down to red down to OK, uh, they die. Yeah. And I think I think that that's what happens. It's like, you know, you know, I'm no. I'm no cocaine general. Um, yeah. All I know, all I know is is that if I put enough enough of them out there, now I may leave that little war with um, six per unit and started out with nineteen of them, and yeah. I'll just go. You know what? I'll just buy more. Yeah. And I think that that's what they will look. They did. They were just like, eh, well, you know. Yeah. We got. That's we the, yeah. That's exactly it, Larry. And and I I just think it. it you know, nothing's changed really. I mean, no. they can't. They just don't. Ha- they have like reasons where they don't want it to be that obvious on TV. But mm-hmm. it, that's still how that's still how they see us. I think. So they, what happened at the peons. Battle of Gili? Uh, yeah, the uh, 
Ben so, and, yeah, so um, Ben Affleck and, and, and uh, yeah, and Jenny from the Block <laughs> are uh, eat, eating some pussy, and uh, <laughs> go ahead. So, so break yes. down the battle. So, well, I think she was getting over an abusive ex, so she takes Taekwondo <laughs> classes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she had enough. Yeah, she had enough. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so um, the uh, and then she got shot by her biggest fan. Yeah. Uh, well, wait, that was Selena. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on, rule of threes. I had to get a third one in there. Sorry. <laughs> I, I was going to say she had she hadn't met a ride yet. Yeah. You're yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, so but, yeah, they they go ashore and it goes like basically no. Well, basically that's what uh, she did with uh, Mark Anthony. She ran him <laughs> into a ride and just killed him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead, Will. Yeah, so the guys all all go ashore, and it goes how it always goes with amphibious landings. And uh, but when they get on the beach, there's no fucking cover. One of the beaches had a low sort of mound on it that literally the few <laughs> the few guys the few couple. I thought of we were guys... done talking about uh, Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, so basically, what they did, they employed the if, if if I can't see you, you can't see me. Defense. <laughs> yeah, well, they, they just the a few hundred got ashore without getting getting killed, and they they just all they could do was just lie in this little depression, dig it out a bit with their entrenching tool, and, and just sort of sit there under the withering fire. From I mean, the whole area was defended by a couple of hundred guys, and there were thousands yeah. of. I mean, it, it, there were. The invading force outnumber the defending force at least ten to one, but I mean oh, okay. you, that's how it needs to be, isn't it? In an invasion, mm -hmm. but the the Turks. I mean, if were, you're gonna bring it, bring it. Yeah, yeah. The, don't half-ass it. Yeah. The planners had assumed that the Turks were going to be an ill-disciplined, unruly mob of conscripts, but if what they were was people from there who were very good at shooting uh, and. You know, didn't want their mum getting raped or yeah. whatever. You know, mm -hmm. so it was like they they defended, they fought very, very well. There were lots of snipers, a, a couple of machine guns at each landing site, and mm -hmm. that was that was plenty for for them to to sort of uh, soften the the British and Australian and New Zealand cough. Yeah. Another uh, thing is um, that the young, uh, real quick though, I'll uh, then you get back to it, but uh, that young Turks thing movement that I mentioned before, that was like the, the key defining thing was that it was like a Turk nationalist like movement too. As so opposed like, to anti-imperialist. Well, I mean, it's the same fucking same. Yeah. It's tomatoes, tomatoes, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, but the point being is that, like, that this—that's the exact kind of soldier you want to repel an invasion. Is a yeah. fucking yeah. freshly, you know, freshly radicalized Turk nationalism. <laughs> yeah, and especially if you know the area too. Like, this is your land. Like, yeah, yeah. it's right near the capital. Well, it's ironic that like as Winston Churchill's. Uh, we will fight them on the beaches thing. I mean, I wonder if he was thinking about this when he wrote that. It's like, you know, he, he like, he sort of, that we will fight them on the beaches speech. I mean, was, was he relying on the, on the British to 
act as well as the Turks did in defending their own country. Because I think, judging from what I've seen lately, I think he was on a hiding to nothing there. It's a good job the military didn't let him down and the Americans got involved. <laughs> because uh, because I think we're a bunch of fucking pussies, to be honest. Well, I think that, like, when you look at Winston Churchill, I think that there's, like, there's a leader in conviction in him. Like, yeah, for him to come out of retirement and win another, like, you know... He, he did that, like, he went away and came back and won, right? Yeah, well, this was this was the end of his career, really. Yeah, this was, was supposed to be over for him. Yeah. Yeah, like, this was this was, this was was his Ali moment, you know? Yeah, so you can yeah. see why this this really set him up to do, because he, he, he swapped sides. He was the big fucking swinging dick at the start of this who got humbled by it. And yeah. then at the, at the, at, when he, when he got, the leadership of uh, United Kingdom. <laughs> the Turks put him up. in the camel clutch and made him humble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, he, yeah, he was, when he took over as prime minister, he was in the same boat that the Turks were in at the start of Gallipoli, wasn't he? And, uh, you know, I mean, full credit to the, I'm not a Churchill hater at all. I, I And I think it's pretty I don't like annoying his hat, when people. Where someone remove his hat. I like yeah. his hat. I like his fucking hat. Well, well his hat, he had the, the short stole top hat. Well, in First World War, in First World War pictures, he's wearing a top hat most of the time, but it's a bowler, I think. He was a lord. He had to wear the, the top hat. Yeah. Oh. The, 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 that, that hat came with the title? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Gary, it's a, uh, Larry, it's a fucking ripoff. You have to buy your own. Yeah. Oh, my God. To buy your own fucking uniform. Yeah, it's like being a colonel in Kentucky. Like it, like you still have to dress in a white suit you bought, but you get yeah, to yeah. wear the white suit. Yeah, <laughs> and they give and they give you the regulations. It must be hemmed at this right here, you know. Yeah. And I get it. And 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 Winston, it was like, listen, come on, man, I can't get a discount on these hats. I think that's pretty. Co- it's pretty common uh, for military officers to have to get their own uniforms made, isn't it? Yeah, he was fat yeah. too, so I mean, he probably yeah. needed well, one anyway. Cl- they give you a clothing allowance, right? <laughs> Stipend. Right. <laughs> it's like technically it comes out of your own, but hey, we're going to give you some money. You call it your own, now give it back. Yeah, yeah. Take well, that. In uh, up until I don't know if it's still the case, but up, certainly up until fairly, more recently than you'd think, uh, officers joining the Royal Navy had to pay for their own uniforms out of pocket. And that's like a class reinforcing barrier to entry that, you know, you can't just, you can't just show right, up. You can't just office. be here and then and say, Hey, yo, what, I want number seven. Yeah, yo, exactly. Is number, is number 17 taken? It's like, no, yeah. you buy your own. Yeah. But, but it still has to be in regulation. Like you buy it, but it's yeah, still. So you have to go, basically in effect, you have to go to a, an approved tailor. Who will yeah. make it for you at an astronomical price? Yeah. Can you put my initials right here? Like, yeah. no. <laughs> Can I have a purple lining, shiny purple lining? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yo, it's going to be cold. Can you put some fleece inside of it? Yeah. You know? <laughs> but, sir, you're, yeah. going to, you're going to Turkey. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and who do I look for to get some boots to match this? Because I'm thinking of like ill skin. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'm thinking I'm going to be in the desert because I'm going to Turkey. So I'm thinking a nice tan color would be good. Yeah, yeah nice tan. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? I get some caps on the heels. So um, they got um, the landing sites that they were selected were very bad. Yeah. However, the Aussies and New Zealand, and I, I presume it was a, a British ship they were on, so not their fault. Yeah. Uh, got landed in the wrong place at somewhere even worse. There was a a very small beach with a fucking, just the only way on or off it was up a ravine. So like to try and get off the beach was just uh, impossible really. But they they, did. To get off the beach was impossible. Yeah. And and so. You know, I heard of of, of a war where a general, you know, they were landing on the beach and, um, he had them burn the ships, yeah. you know, that came on. And he was like, you know, uh, listen, in order for us to leave this island, we have to win. Yeah. There is no escape. There's no running back to the ships and stuff like that. So yeah. I think that like when you, when you, uh, when you land on a beach, you know, you gotta, you gotta really understand that there's no cover. Yeah. There's, there's no, like, so you gotta be sure that you got, Enough people to waste, you know. Yeah, to yeah. I mean, it's, re- well, send the bloody Aussies then. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, so that, how did the, the outcome the, of that war happen? How did the outcome of uh, the Galapagos Geelys? Well, happen? basically, <laughs> they, they were the the objective was for for all these units to advance about six miles from the beaches. On the first day, to this hill called, uh, what was it, Baba? I can't remember the name of it. Blair? Uh, Lauren? Maybe. But anyway, the, the, a hill Bueller? about six. Lauren? <laughs> <laughs> the, they, they had to advance to this hill by nightfall on the first day uh, that they thought would give them uh, a position overlooking the stre- overlooking the defences inside the narrows. Yes. Uh, which is where where the yeah. defences that the Navy couldn't overcome were. And then they would put guns on there and smash the fuck out of the shore batteries from there. Okay. That was the idea. Okay. <clears throat> so but what the, really happened? So what really <laughs> happened was they got about halfway there and it took them three, it took them eight months. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, it took them eight months to get to where they thought they were going to get it the first night. No, they got halfway to the where they wanted to get on the first night. They never got that. They never got to that ground. They never uh, got to it. Yeah. Yeah. So remind it, it me, me of some chicks I gave up on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, always the fat ones too, ain't it, Larry? Yeah. The, it took the me, hardest to get. <laughs> it took me. You said what now? It's always the fat ones that are the hardest ones to get. Yeah, I have a no fat girl policy. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. You're like a but 90s I, t-shirt. I have a, I have a theory. No fat that chicks. The, that the, what, what? The, them being fat makes their hoo-ha tighter. Oh, because, yeah. Because of all the pressure from all the pies and hamburgers and stuff on the inside. <laughs> it's like <laughs> acting against your uh, against your <laughs> willy. <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah, when he's so big. I have a I have a theory that you're gonna get sucked in. I think that's another eating um hole. Like, yeah. you know, 
like if you're that big, like yeah, there's some be- sort of it's something psychological that you need to put things in all of your holes. It's not just in yeah. your mouth. I see what yeah. you're yeah, saying. Yeah. It's like an yeah, insatiability, yeah. regardless. So yeah. it just—it's a hyper, hyper uh, uh, appetite, regardless of of what uh, orifice. Yeah, yeah. It's a, a fat woman is a woman who likes pleasure. True. Yeah. Oh, good, good way to put it. Yeah. Good way to play. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to the fatties. I love you. Yeah. Okay. I I never I never try to throw shade at the community. No. No, because <laughs> because listen, no, you you gotta understand something like. You know, those women are some of the most like they they're just down to earth. They're like, listen, I got yeah. I don't, I don't have time to try to impress. I am who I am. It's just that if I can't carry you a city block, I can't do nothing with you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fat lives matter, though. Sign me up. Yeah. Yeah. F- F- FLM. Yeah. FLM. <laughs> the FML. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ain't that the truth? Yeah. Uh, but what's it called? The uh, the thing with the Anzac Cove um, was uh, the battle. That battle specifically, from the uh, from the perspective of the Turks, um, the person who was in charge of that was one Mustafa Kemal. Um, <laughs> what? What, <laughs> what? What are you fucking laughing at, Mustafa? Mustafa Kemal. Yeah, that's how he gets around. Yeah, yeah. How does that guy get everywhere so fast when there's no water around? Must have a camo. Jesus. We have an Uber driver getting through this war. <laughs> no, but I mean, well, he's a Jew. That's the thing. That's the thing no one else ever tells you. All right. Uh, uh, but, uh, Mustafa's a Jew? Mustafa's a Jew. But get this. He was also, you may know him better as uh, Mustafa Ataturk. Or oh, right. the first... Yeah dude in charge of uh the country of sovereign turkey and this yeah, was his the- fucking his creation myth basically was that he valiantly fought off the anzac forces at anzac bay right and he he instituted oh. like a, a secular turkey didn't he bingo and yeah, that, that was part it- of the way that he was able to kind of uh well the other thing is that the fact that th- his his credentials from winning this battle kind of gave him sort of um uh, a certain uh, what's the word when you're kind of a big deal, you know what I mean? Like it gave him a certain uh, yeah. hierarchy, a credence. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, it, it, it gave him the, it gave him the kudos that Churchill got for the Battle of Britain. Exactly. Except that that the Turks are too base to have turned on him in 1953 or whenever it was. <laughs> well, no, but also I mean, he was able to. He was the reason that he was able to. Uh, that was part of the reason why he was able to convince. Um, them to let to, to stay Turkey as opposed to divvy it up yeah. between France and England and shit at the uh, Treaty of Versailles. The right. fact that he uh-huh. like he was a dude who was like known amongst the British military as being like a serious deal. He was able to bring that to the table and be like, yeah, don't you think I, I, it's in capable hands if, I, if I'm in charge of the country? You know what yeah. I mean? Because that's where all the other places. And I mean, like, look, look at the way that they treated the Middle East. Yeah, like yeah. the fact that there was no like it, he was the dude who took over for Turkey and like he was able to retain a lot of the uh, like centralized areas of the Ottoman Empire too. He better have gotten a lot of pussy after all of that. Uh, yeah. I'm guessing he was the first fucking uh, president this, this of Turkey. Like, uh, this is mine. Yeah, like, w- y'all wouldn't be here without me. <laughs> so uh, he, the the constitution that he uh, set up. 
was endured until very recently, didn't it? They, and this yeah. latest really? guy started fucking with it. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he he really uh, he was the founding father. He has some wrote- yeah, he has some credibility. And like, I've done a, a I've been to Turkey loads of times, and uh, it's a pretty it's pretty cool. Like, for, so everybody's Muslim there, or most people are. Yeah, uh, but they have there's bars. You know, it's not it's not a Muslim state. The police don't stop you from drinking. You know, like your neighbours will disapprove of you if you drink, but you're allowed to do it. You know, you're not going to get sent to jail for it. Yeah, so it's uh, you know, it, for, is weed legal? I don't I think doubt so. It. Well, you, you've you've so. probably seen that fucking movie um, the, where the guy. Oh yeah, yeah, Midnight <laughs> Express. Midnight that was Express. Turkey, yeah, that was Turkey. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what? <laughs> yeah so, but for, I mean, for what's effectively a Middle Eastern country, I mean, the, the thing is, they're, they're, they're Turks aren't Arabs, are they? They are a bit, you know, like Iranians. They're Turks, are, yeah. Uh, yeah, Persians are their own yeah. thing and Turks are their own thing. Uh, for, for, uh, for, is it like Iranians? Well, Iranians aren't Arabs and they're not. They're just Iranians. You know, they're not anything. They're just Turks. They're, they're just Iranians, yeah. And it's the same, the same with thing Turks. with Turks, yeah. Yeah, they're not they're not Iranians and they're not they're not Arabs and they're not interesting Indian too. Also, uh, the so called Lawrence of Arabia, T. E. Lawrence, was doing gay ops amongst the uh, the Arabs who lived in the Ottoman Empire uh, yeah. in order to in in order to try to get them to uprising and fuck up uh, the uh, gay ops. They were doing gay ops to try to fuck up the Ottomans. Yeah. So wait a minute, what's gay ops? <laughs> gay ops is a uh, 4chan term uh, to be like any sort of like, you know, like arming rebels or, you know, like fucking, um, you know, any kind of sort of CIA bullshit. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? But they're gay. Yeah, I, thought they so. were, I, th- I, th- I thought they were like just sending a bunch of gay people into their. <laughs> that would be like sending Coles to Newcastle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought, wait a minute, gay ops? What yeah, it's uh, they call it international relations, don't they? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> international affairs. Yeah, it's it's like some uh, glow in the dark accused, bullshit. It's what and stuff like what they accuse Russia of doing in the 2016 election. All that kind of fucking yeah, mucking around. Yeah, mucking around. Okay. Why so, gay? Like, ask 4chan about it. (laughs) Somebody came up with it and everybody else thought it was funny, so it stuck. That's how it works. Yeah. There has to be a funny name for everything. Yeah. So, um, yeah, basically, these uh, these troops were living in, and this is so, this is the Anzac's Day episode. And so, this is. Every country has its national, yeah. or every culture has its national myth. So, uh, you know, the the our the British national myth. Uh, just because it's a myth doesn't mean it, it's not true. You know, it, it right. myths right. can myths can also be true, but it's part of becomes part of the identity and the very the substance of a, of a na- of nationhood. And I I think, I mean, I am not Australian. You might think I am from how good my accent is when I do it. Yeah, but yeah. I'm not. And uh, <clears throat> even as a as a dreary Brit, we get subject to a subjected to a lot of uh, the Australian myth. And to me, it seems that this 
encounter, which was kind of, from their perspective, was one of glorious defeat. Uh, and also, one of the one of my takes on it is, like, if you look at the Australian, how Australia behaves or in international conflicts and how loyal it is to the empire of the day. So showing up and doing this, and it, this is, you know, Gallipoli isn't the only place Australians have have, have been. I mean, the, their forces are legendary because, it, and particularly in the in World War One, wherever they were, because they were always among the most distinguished of the Allied combatants wherever they were in terms of bravery and competence. Uh, you know marksmanship skill obeying orders whatever it is but they never had the death penalty for desertion in their military so it was like they were the brit the british as part of the sort of british empire forces they they weren't disciplined in the same way that the the british and indian forces for example would have been which was by brutality from the officers they were more of a people's army if you like and yet they were thrown by their government into all these stupid engagements which and it just it struck me that they still continue to be ill-used by their their government in that you know you look at anyway be it vietnam afghanistan like every every dumbass engagement there are the Australians and it's like the I don't understand why they're leaders it's like um you know lions led by donkeys sort of thing is what I'm getting at you know that the, they're, they're politicians because they're yeah. such loyal subjects and, and such great soldiers they just get abused by being sent into these wars that have got nothing to do with them, and uh, and do they and they lose and a lot of people? Yeah, they lost. Yeah, their the first day, that first day, they lost two thousand. They got it worse than anybody because they they got landed on the wrong beach, and they ended up having to. So that they they had fairly high and steep cliffs where they landed, but the the it's like the sand is like the the cliffs are made of kind of soft. Uh, not pump, not even rock, really. It's like compacted yeah. dirt. Yeah. It's not, it's, it, we have cliffs like that in Yorkshire, but the, it's wet here, so that they're, they're like muddy. But there, it's kind of almost like clay, I guess. But it's not clay. And so, basically, they just dug a load of... They just dug a load of uh, little... They built like, uh, a whole city underground. Yeah, they 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 started off. They just dug into the cliffs and hid in there from the from the machine gun fire, and kept trying to advance up this gully and getting minced. There's like bloated corpses lying around all over the place. They all got dysentery. They couldn't get any water. Oh they yeah, found that they dug oh, down. And found every water. one of them got dysentery or something. Yeah. I saw heard something. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I think. It, and it I wonder took... if I wonder if like a strategy was. If they didn't value them, was to like send them in to kind of like feel it out. So they, 
because they didn't have the proper maps and they didn't have the proper anything. I wonder if their thing was to send them in and go, you know, well, here's what we're going to do. We're just going to let them, like, test out the, the, the waters for us, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, which they did. And the, the ground... The, so, on the subject of water, they, they, this whole time, these guys had to subsist... Oh, and bear in mind, it's spring and going into summer. They, it went from, uh, it went up until August. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, it must have gone past August. No, I think maybe they, they, they maybe, had a second push in August, you're thinking of. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there's a second push in August. But the whole time, they were, the daily water ration was between one and two liters a day. So, like four pints of water a day. And yeah. uh, like they should have been getting like you know ten times that. Yeah. But, uh, 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 the water was brought from fucking Egypt in tankers. <laughs> that was the nearest water they could get because the the, the groundwater was full of salt because it's yeah. the fucking Mediterranean, it's a beach. isn't it? Yeah, and, and it's a really dry place, and the only water that's going to seep into the ground right. is from the yeah, fucking yeah, sea. Because yeah. if you don't have proper maps or anything like that you don't know and it's like you're only estimating like oh and especially if you think oh we're going to move to what they say they want to get to they want to get to the top of this hill where they could bombard the the defenses of the narrows from but the i mean luckily for those guys they never found this shit out because if they'd have got there they would have felt real bad because you couldn't even see the, the 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 maps were so bad that the objective that they were supposed to put guns on and blast oh the shore God, batteries Oh, my God, I didn't even from. know that. You couldn't even see the fucking uh, shore defences from. So it was, even if they succeeded, it wouldn't have done any good. Yeah. <laughs> been up there, and then that would have done nothing. They would have gone, oh, shit. <laughs> they were going to have to <laughs> fight another few miles. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you know and, how you know, far not- the fucking fronts moved in those wars, too. Yeah. Not a mile. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so... And there, there was two, so they moved three miles in eight months, and they did it by uh, the great First World War tactic of mining, which I, I I'm I, one suspects they might have had an inkling that it was going to come to that by this because one of the the English regiments selected was from Lancashire, which is where there's a lot of coal mining, and that was a that was a theme. There was a lot of it. They there was a, I forget what battle it was, but there was a battle, I think, in World War One, in Normandy where the, the the British were pinned down for fucking months or years or whatever. And uh, all these coal miners in the ranks, they just mined. There was a, a German fort on top of a hill and they, they mined their way right underneath it, built a big gallery and filled it up with fucking high explosives. <laughs> it just blew the cunt off the face of the earth. But I mean, that was how fucked World War One was. And yeah. they they did that here. But of course, there's no real targets for for them to undermine. You know, there was there were these old old forts there. But I mean, they didn't even without the forts. Just the geography was enough to make it impenetrable i mean it literally was impenetrable they threw everything at it and didn't penetrate so that's the definition of impenetrable isn't it yeah so so world war one was basically like pre-season <laughs> yeah i mean we see who was, makes the cut 
see who comes back. You know what I'm saying? You learn you learn who the new coaches are. You know what I'm saying? You try out strategies. And it was okay. it was the old coaches playing with new rule, playing with new weapons. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, and uh, so it it was the whole thing was fucked. Uh, the so it became part of the Australian myth. Yeah, kind of like these, their national guys, identity. I mean, it's exactly the same as Normandy is to uh, you know as Normandy is to Americans in that. A whole generation of young men who had nothing to who, who the war had nothing to do with volunteered to get on what a fucking stinking ships and uh-huh. and, and sail away to fight for an empire that hated them. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's fucking gross, but I mean I say that in the most pro-Australian way possible of like. It's, it's yeah, they are. They were those. heroes. They fucking rocked it. They dude. were, yeah. They 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 fought harder and braver than anyone else. Even though, had they deserted, they wouldn't have been shot. And all the British would have been shot if they deserted. You know. And, and yeah, and it's like I think that when you have to put in that clause, if you deserve, yeah. you'll be shot. <laughs> you know that people are smart enough to go. I'm getting out of here. They're yeah. like, okay, but if you do, we're going to shoot you. These yeah. people, yeah. Australians were like, listen, we're not fighting for you. We're fighting for us. Yeah. It's, You're fighting for your mates. Yeah. It's, you know, I'm not going to desert my, my mate, my buddy over here. You know, my Jerry. I'm going to make a reference <laughs> here, especially for Andrew Kemp. It's elite mateship. <laughs> it's elite mateship, mate. <laughs> it's elite mateship. That's, that's yeah. what they call it. Yeah, that is what they call it. Everybody in Australia is completely on board with that turn of phrase. They all think it's really cool. They love it. Yeah, because I shit. think that when you look at, there's just certain people you know they're dedicated to something. I don't know if that was necessarily the case in London or in, in the other places. A lot of people didn't want to fight. And they're like, listen, if I get a chance to leave, I'm leaving. But I guess if you yeah, I mean, to be honest, I think that the from the yeah, there was no shortage of volunteers at the start of this of this whole fucking thing. By fifteen people, by nineteen fifteen, wow. people were still volunteering in right. Britain, lying about their age to get in and all this kind of shit. Because, like Scott just said, I mean, it's a massive psyop. Yeah, yeah. Of, of, of they all these young guys. The cream of a, of the nation of the nation of birth. Look, I mean, I've got three what was kids. What the in economics the at that time? Well, I don't. It's kind of. I don't know. How would you How would you summarize it, Scott? It's I would kind, say. Well, let me think. At least in America, pretty that- so kind of. Yeah, go on, go on. I was gonna say it was it was right it was it was right in the what is considered the robber baron time period. Yeah, which is just like unfettered cap. Actually, I mean, honestly, there was like a middle a middle class emerging at mm. that time uh, for the first time. Really, it wasn't until the end of World War II, of course. But you know, people started uh, like the industrialization movement like led to people actually having jobs and shit. Yeah, I mean, it was when communist revolution started happening, wasn't it? Well, that's kind of the the war kind of ratcheted that up too, though. Yeah, yeah, but that was that was kind of 
that yeah, well, idea that's another thing. That's of part socialism of, was out there. Sure, sure. But th- that but that almost speaks to the prosperity of the time because as, as people yeah. become more prosperous, they're able to educate themselves. And uh, one of the unfortunate consequences of education is uh, left, left, left uh, progressive yeah. thinking and, uh, you know, the socialism uh, meme, if you will. Yeah. They but fell much, for the socialism meme. How much propaganda was then now used to wrap rally these young boys up to war well, well that was that, that was it this was uh it that it was all as always i i remember part of part of the british version of the myth of world war one is that the 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 women were responsible for sort of uh pussy baiting the men into into joining <laughs> up because like if you if you weren't in uniform you were a fucking traitor and a fucking yeah. Pussy. Dude, you want to know something? Downstairs in my living room, or not my living room, like in my mud room, I guess you'd say, um, I've got a massive, uh, like two foot by four foot uh, poster. I'm not. I think it might be an original, original, uh, but it's a piece of uh, propaganda for America, of course, not for uh, Australia or anything. But it says, yeah. "If I were a man," it's got a chick dressed up as a sailor in it, and it says, "If I oh. were a man, I'd join the navy." And yeah. it says something about impressing chicks. Um, and it says something about impressing women at the bottom of it too. And well, it says join uh, enlist now at the uh, for the U.S. Navy. So yeah, they did the same thing here. Of course, that was way later in the game, and we were basically coming. We were basically a trump card at that point yeah. <laughs> for the yeah. globalists. So, so um, the the meme. It's funny you don't hear about it so much anymore. I'm not sure why, but the the, the sort of cultural meme that was still around when i was a kid was that if if you if you were in a pub and you weren't wearing your weren't wearing a, a military uniform a chick would come up and put a white feather in your buttonhole uh to mm. basically just to call you chicken yeah? yeah and it was called it's called the white fe- i mean if you google the phrase the white feather that's what it is it's women shaming men for being did coward. this actually occur or was this also a psyop I, I believe well who knows i wasn't there but yeah the the white the white feather was the approved way of shaming somebody for not joining up yeah, yeah that sounds like some fucking what's his name uh the the cigarette guy uh fucking um marvel man no no uh what the fuck is william help me edward out here century yourself edward bernays shit you yeah. know what I mean? It's got a physical, a physical, mental image you can have that will remind you of yeah. of uh, the failure of not being a man and fighting yeah. for global bankers. <laughs> well, it is. I mean, it's a recurring meme of how women are typically more plugged into propaganda than men. Yeah, yeah they've been and, weaponized. And, and, yeah, they're because, the enforcers of it. Because you can scare them, like you can actually. Oh, and then it's like we're the brave men to save us. Yeah. You know, and and it, oh, and it, and it, because that it's that whole thing of women and children first. Yeah. Mm. You know, yeah. and and if you and if you're in a pub and you don't have the uniform on, now you're the outside, you're the outcast, and it's like now you got a feather. Yeah. I would take that feather and tickle her with it. Yeah. <laughs> and you say this as a veteran. Thank you for your service, Larry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's so funny, like, but that's what it is. And I guess that that's what has to happen. You have to propagandize in order to go with someone else's strategy of war. 
because that's not a natural thing. No, yeah. it is absolutely not. Yeah, the idea of wanting to get pussy, it's like you don't get pussy by being around only dudes and killing only other dudes for yeah. a couple yeah. of years. That's not a very but, pussy yeah. getting activity. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny how the patriarchy works like that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, because, because what they do is they say, listen, we have to go over here and conquer this area. Or me and our allies, we've made an agreement. Now, how do you do that? Well, we need you dumb kids. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to take you and, and, and pussy is a very good motivator. Yeah. It just as a putting it in a, on a sign or putting it in a, a, a woman in a, a, a uniform saying, if I were a man mm-hmm. and, you know, and I'm thinking like, you know, well, you're a warm man. So, you know, uh, let's see what happens with an all-woman army. So what what was going through <laughs> your head, Larry, when you signed up? Because you're, you're well, uh... my, I'm going to tell you, my main thing that was going through my mind was getting money for college. Yeah. Right. That was it. Like, yeah. you know, that that's it. Like, you, you, you see yourself in a situation, and I knew I wasn't going to the NBA to become the next, but, well, um, so you see yourself in a situation to yeah. go, you know what, well, I better go this route yeah. or I'll get caught in this basket of, you know, just a sea of people who just graduate. Because see, think about graduation. Graduation is that time where everybody feels special yeah. because they went through 12 years or something. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And yeah. then, But then now... Um, you stuck it out. Yeah, you stuck it out. And then... But then you... Um, I'm trying to find. I, I have to catch this call real, real quick. Hold on. Hey, let me yeah. call, let me call you right back. I'm on. I'm on this um, podcast. Okay, cool. All right. And then and then so the thing is is that um, so now it's like okay now what the specialness because when did you feel special last and and graduation is a big specialness for a grass of people and it's like okay where do, where are you going to go now. Yeah. You know, people who are playing sports, well, I got it's a scary stop. time in your life, isn't it? That you think you don't, I mean, like, you don't think it's hard to think, oh, yeah, I can do whatever I want. You think, what the fuck next? You know, I've been lived this regimented life for 12 years and, that, and, and I'm supposed to, I'm supposed yeah. to start paying for now my it's own on me. existence. Yeah. And, and because now, because the, the, the threat of 18 is coming, it's here. Yeah. Now they consider you an adult, and it's like, oh, but you've just been going to class, dating cheerleaders, playing sports, and doing whatever. That's very generous for you to assume I did those things. (laughs) 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 I've read your your unauthorized biography. Okay, yeah, you're right. I don't. I don't really talk about the uh, all the cheerleader pussy I slayed as a kid. Yeah, we we don't have cheerleaders (laughs) here, so that's why I didn't like any of them. Yeah. And so and so and so the thing is is that okay now you're about to be out. And then you look at those kids who graduated the year before and you go, Oh, I remember when you were special in that cap and gown and now you're just walking the streets. Yeah. Oh, okay. Now you're just joining an, a gang or whatever. Okay. Yeah. And it's like, I don't want that to happen. And it's like, okay, so I'm gonna take what intelligence I do have and go to the military to get yeah. money for college so I can hurry up. Because that recruiter just said, hey, well, you're going to Ain't that the just the thing, dude? Because they realize that no longer that where they're going to be a bunch of Australians just being like, 
a tally-o, mate, and just fucking mm-hmm. jump on a boat to go get fucking cannon foddered for some fucking abstract concept of, of royalty. Um, yeah. They had to we- give, they had to sweeten the deal a little bit, and this is what they did in the, in the however so many years uh, it was between those two uh, things happening. <laughs> Yeah. It's like when it's like when the Muslims tell somebody that you're gonna get a thousand virgins. Yeah. Yeah. Which is just yeah. a weird thing to offer, but I get it, I guess. The the, <laughs> yeah. the, the sick joke is they all look like Scott. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's a reason they're virgins. Yeah. <laughs> they pussy stank. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, but, and, and, Oh, it's a good... so, but the, 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 the thing I want to oh, yeah, make evident is, is that so then you go, okay, when you're young, you feel invincible anyway. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So you're like, oh, nothing can happen to me. I'm invincible. Like you, you, life hasn't beaten you down enough to humble you. You haven't discovered the, the, that my life's not like a movie yet. So you the, think I'm right. going to be fucking Tom Hanks on fucking it, Normandy. It is <laughs> yeah. like it. it, it there's that aspect of it for sure, but the opposite aspect, which exists at the same time, or Mel is Gibson that, in like, Gallipoli. like, like you said, uh, Larry, you say, "Oh well, I'm 18 now, so I'm supposed to be a man, but I still feel like the same person I was when I was a kid. So I've got to do something. I've got to, I've got to make arrangements to become a man. Yeah, if you know what I mean. And what kind like, of a man like a- serves his country? Yeah, yeah." Because everything has a rites of passage. Everything. Yeah, exactly. That's it. It's like, you know, it's like, oh, well, you're supposed to do, oh, I do this. And then then when you have these girls saying, if I were a man, and it's like, that's playing on your ego, like, oh, you're a girl. Who are you? But now you're saying, oh, but who are you? Are you a man? And it's like, oh, I guess. And it's like, the next thing you know, you're like, okay, I want to prove, it's a proving ground, you know, and then you go off with your invincibility cloak, you know. And 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 next thing you know, you realize like, oh, we're not invincible. And but that dangle of that money for college. Yeah. Well, if you if you if you make it back, there are people, a lot of people yeah. that didn't make it back yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to sign up for the first semester. Or you might come back and realize like I'm I'm now mentally unfit for going to college. Yeah. If you did some bad well, shit well, over there, you know. Well, that was my thing. I, you know, you, but you live with it and then you go, then you start to look at the rest of the people. Cause by the time you get back and out of the military, you're 22, mm-hmm. you're a fresh, the average freshman age is 18. So whatever you left, cause they will grow you up. The military really does grow you up quickly. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that, that naive. Yeah. I think there's, there's definitely some utility in it for that. For the, yeah. Like, um, my, oldest boy was a, a bit of a bit of a pain in the ass to be honest when he was a teenager but all he wanted to do was join the army and he didn't yeah. want to he didn't want to be an officer because he could he could have gone to college and got got the grades to to go in as an officer he says no i don't like officers fuck them uh yeah so and he went he, he's a corporal now uh and he's yeah, you know, he's doing he's doing what he's supposed to do. You know, he went in at yeah. six. He's waiting at sixteen, and he's doing what he's supposed to do. But then his his little brother and his little sister have both joined the military since then. Yeah, I think I think with them it's more 
it's more like what we were talking about of, you know, how else am I going to make a living? And I love my country. Yeah. So, and this is going to make me into a grown up because I don't feel like I'm a grown up yet. Kind of Cause thing. think about an 18 year old going to McDonald's or 18 yeah. year old going to the military, that 18 year old going to the military is going to be more of a, an adult, a functioning adult that you yeah. can deal with. I think because it, it teaches you that, I mean, I've never been in, but it, it must teach you that, um, doing things you don't really want to do isn't that bad and it's actually can be quite satisfying mm, so yeah. that, that's an important uh, and so few people fucking know that you know what i yeah. mean it's like i, I yeah. like i hate to sound boomer like be like like oh kids these days but like kids these <laughs> days are fucking wild with their fucking like the idea that the that i i again i i cringe i'm cringing as i say this but it's but it's like yeah they're all like i deserve a living and it's like this is literally what rat like what made me like become like when i was fucking and whatever what every fucking year that was 2008 or whatever um when mm -hmm. the stock market crashed and uh I, I was like 18 i was 18 19 years old and then that occupy movement and i was like Fuck these! I was working and I saw these fucking Occupy kids and I was like, "Fuck them! They're fucking lazy pieces of shit!" And I end up being fucking Mister Right Wing Radical at the end of the day. So who's winning? <laughs> Not yeah. me. You know, it's so funny because I looked at those people, those kids, and just an innate something that you know something is wrong, but your answer is to go down to Wall Street, smoke a lot of weed, have sex, mm -hmm. and yeah. then. That was your movement, and then walk and talk with people that think and sound like you. But really, what are you doing? It's like that catharsis. Well, you're having a great time, is what you're doing. I'd rather <laughs> those fucking people, though. Like, yeah, at least they were you. getting at something that's really get, like fucked up in this society. Is that like this, like this fucking? Uh, I mean, but that's the thing. That's what got me radicalized. Being libertarian was I was I saw I saw this video with Peter Schiff in it. He said, "I'm the one percent. Let's talk." And he just talked to them about how the Federal Reserve and how the, they're printing all this money, and that's what makes the stock market so profitable, and how the your value of your money for working is getting lower and lower and that's yeah. the real scam you know yeah i would have really wanted to see a change because when people acknowledge stuff like that i go okay yeah that's cool that's part of it but now what because the thing is is that you know either when you say that to people they call you conspiracy theorists because they don't understand it or when you acknowledge it to people they go okay now we're on board and we are part of the thinking people. We're not sheeple or whatever like that. That's the rhetoric that goes around. But then yeah. it's like, okay, but at the beginning, middle, end of the next day, did the system change? Yeah. Did did it change for you? Or were you were you able to invest your way out of it? Were you able to yeah. formulate a plan out of it? And majority of people that know it don't. Mm -hmm. Literally what happened was the Occupy people didn't really understand what uh, he was saying. Yeah. Uh, and they all got recruited. They they got the whole movement now works on Wall Street and it for yeah. Coca-Cola. Uh, and they're now just participating in it. Those but they're making trannies in, in the commercials. Yeah. That's the difference. The pro yeah. The, same, yeah. the problem that, is. That's their difference. That's their difference. The difference is we were able to transform a male into yeah. a female or female into a male. And they were always a male or a female. Yeah, and it's like, but we were able to transform and say it's okay to transform. It's like 
but your movement didn't really address what you were down there doing. Yeah. And that's and that's what really gets me about these catharsis movements. It's like, what really what are you affecting change? Is there anything going to be changed? Or are you just doing it because you don't know what to do? Yeah. And you're a think about it. The first person that when you generally 18 years old, what do you do? You go out and get a job. You go yeah. and take any job. You go out and join a movement, any move, any, but you never had a definite of purpose to go and say, this is the career I want, and I'm going to stake everything to do this. Now, if you have an acumen for playing a sport and you're really good and can go pro at it, then I can see that definite of purpose. But the average person, they get out and they're just wide-eyed and they're like, oh, go, go get a job. Where? Uh, just fill out some applications. Just go throw some applications at something. And I think that, like, you know, when a movement comes along or the military comes along, they're like, they'll take anything because they don't want to get left behind because that kid came here so innocent and was put on a conveyor belt to go to school, put change your clothes, uh, pack your lunch box, you know, put Dora the Explorer on it or whoever, Harry Potter on your lunch box and everything. And then next thing you know, it's like, okay, now you're an adult. It's like, wait a minute, yeah. you're treating me like a kid for 17 plus years. You know, you let me just do my thing and you let me now it's like I gotta fend for my I gotta feed myself, I gotta do this. And if I don't, I'm considered still a baby. It's scary, yeah. And then I think as a result of this too, sorry to interrupt you, William, but as a result of this too, that's why why do you think fucking uh it's it's fucking um uh, like kids movies are all the most popular fucking thing. Everyone's infantilized. They are fucking children still. They still like fucking. Yeah. They still like the good guy beating the bad guy for the fucking it's, billion it's time. It's all part of a, a, top, a, top, uh, a tactic of how they, who you know, whoever it is, the structures. If you're a lefty or Mister Global, if you're Catherine Austin fits, it's how they keep us tame. So they do. We, you know, we've, they do this divide and conquer shit. But they also do, you know how a, a a dog is basically descended from a wolf, but a dog is so domesticated it never grows up. It's in a, a state of per permanent puppyhood, right? Right. A uh, domesticated dog. And that's basically what they're doing to us. They're making us into domesticated pets. And then, who, and then to even add, onto, add onto the domestication of it, it's like, okay, then they take your balls. They I was literally just going to say that. Yeah, get yeah, it. Get, get, uh, get as a reward for getting fucking getting your uh, tubes tied. You get a fucking Nintendo Switch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, look at how people uh, people get absolutely. Yeah, you know, the, the dogs are famous that if their owner beats them, they still love their owner. Well, I mean, yeah. what could be a more Fitting analogy, analogy yeah. That yeah, yeah. For, you know, how people view these lockdowns and all this shit. Because uh, let's just take a little break here to mention our sponsor, shall we, at this point? Oh, yeah, because great. Well, well, it's not really we, sponsored, this, but yeah. On this show, Larry, you yeah. can now speak freely about uh, vaccines, lockdowns, the Jews, anything else, Scott? <laughs> uh, the flat Earth, uh, yeah. uh, the the Hollow Earth, um, yeah. Hyperborea, um, the fact that uh, the uh, the 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 machine elves, um, yeah. anything the, yeah. the reptilians, anything you want to Santa's talk about, helpers. yeah. And the reason 
we can, you can talk about all that stuff, Larry, is because this show is brought to you by Rockfin. R-O-K-F-I-N. Right. It's the it's the Netflix of conspiracies and combat sports. Yeah. And it's kind of like Netflix meets Patreon because it has some of your um, finer uh, upstart uh, independent voices in media that you might want to put your support behind, such as us. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Send me a link. Send me their link because yeah. I really want to check them out. This is my first time hearing about them. Yeah, but I like. We can them talk already. to the, talk to our people over there. Maybe we can get you set up with a because uh, it's an it's 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 a real exclusive platform. Yeah, uh, we've You're been not- asked to participate in it, but I think they'll definitely find a place for you as well. By the way, good. And and and, and because here's, here's what I always wonder: when we go back to those Australians that we talked about, you know, that which is had the bad generals yeah you know it's like um clown they're clowns um guiding lions yeah and it's like you know they could they're they could have been utilized better uh, a lot of less people could have died or whatever like that but when you look at it you go that's what's happening now those yeah. young men put their faith in that leadership and they yeah 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 they love the country, and, dude. And and never since that that love of country, that love of well, this is what I have to do. But it's like you're being involved in places that don't even like you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. And, and that's and that's the same thing that happens today. So that that thing has not changed. But then when you see people who were effective, and you go, what a waste! Because. There are people who say, well, no, we have to have that peninsula. We have to have that beach. We have to have that territory. Yeah. Well, one place that does like you is (laughs) rockfin.com slash history History homos. Yeah. So go to rockfin.com slash history homos. If you sign up to our channel, you get every channel on there. That includes Whitney Webb, Jay Dyer, uh, and the great Monica Perez. Right. Monica Perez is on there? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. So uh, it, we're, we're really pleased to be on there. And if you sign up for our show, you get all their shows as well. And there's loads of stuff. You don't even have to. I mean, you can if you subscribe, you get our premium content uh, and everybody else's premium content. Yeah. But uh, this you... episode is going to be free. Uh, it's our yeah. normal history episode. But uh, we also do, and I'm sure the listeners of this show know, we do another episode each week, um, and it's our bonus episode. But uh, we're letting you know that is now going behind a paywall over at rockfin.com. Um, Rockfin. Uh, and, uh, slash history yeah, homos. Slash history homos. And, you, uh, could, you, you don't have to. You know, if you're not bothered about seeing that one, you can you can watch all our free content and all everybody else's free content without even uh, signing up, without paying a dime. So this is one of the main reasons we went on there, Larry, is because YouTube was starting to write the show. We started getting strikes for the smallest yeah. little things. And so you're being careful about what you say. Our show is not going to be hosted on YouTube anymore. This is our channel, and, and I'm putting up all the back episodes too. By the way, so yeah, yeah, I have to, I have to look and invest more into them because let me tell you, YouTube d- does the same thing. They'll tell me, oh, you can't say this. I say, wait a minute, yeah, what, what happens when 
a, a world becomes like that. You know, you got few people saying what you can say and what you can't say. And, and I, here's what I say about free versus pay. Whatever this network is, rock, what is it? Rock, paper, rock scissors? Fin. Rock fin. Rock fin. <laughs> Don't go to rock, paper, scissors.com. Yeah. <laughs> Don't go to rock, paper, scissors. Rock fin, pay for it. Yeah. I, I'm encouraging everybody to pay for it because you'll value it more. You'll help them grow more. If you yeah. want your voice to be heard and want to hear things that other people aren't saying that you can't hear, because that's the problem with like YouTube and everything like that. When things are free, somebody owns it and somebody says, no, yeah. you can't do it. But when you- If something's when you, free, the product is you. Yeah, exactly. And so I, I, I'm going to look more into Rockfin. I'm glad you said that because I've been looking for something like that so that I can say, dude, we can talk. It's, a, it's the future, dude. And it's they have a, a commitment. The they have a commitment to free speech, um, which is really what I love. And also, they're trying to use. They're actually use, utilizing blockchain technology in order to uh, build their business model. And I, and, you know, if you go to the Rockfin site, you can see what all this, what all I'm talking about. I'm not gonna I literally sit here and do an infomercial for any of them. But let me just say this: is that they're Rockfin, yeah. 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 I, I'm just really down with what they're they're doing. So yeah. so yeah. And, and that um, the only downside is that it's not necessarily intuitive how it's spelt. So it's r o k f i n dot com slash history homos. There you go. And uh, it's um, the rock. Uh, Larry, what do you want to plug, dude? Well, okay. Yeah, of course. Let's get loud. Is the course. show? Let's I get love loud. it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Now, but also, I'm recording my comedy album May 8th on oh, my exciting. birthday at the Dojo of Comedy East. It's your I'm birthday, too. Put... What's that? It's your birthday. Yeah. Shit, it's my birthday, too, buddy. On May 8th? Yeah. What year? Oh, wow. Yo, you have to. You have to at least call in because we're going to be live yeah. streaming it. And we're going to be, uh, we have a live audience. It's already uh, guaranteed packed. And, um, me and Pat Dixon and Mark Gregory and Bobby, the donkey of comedy, comedy media. Friends That's of the show, by the way. The show. All friends of the yeah. show, yeah. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna be on the show with me. And uh, it's going to be great. So we'll do an hour of comedy. And you're really going to know how fu- extremely hysterical I am, uh, how poignant I am with what I talk about. But it's just remember fun. Remember when you could just Does anyone remember laughter? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Remember, and 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 it's and it's gonna be what we talk about, and I I know how to make that funny, and I know how to make that hysterical, so people can go, you're damn right, and I think that that's yep. the reason why they 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 shut our voices up and said, oh, close the comedy clubs and do it because they didn't want our they don't want our point of view on things, and uh, so I thought that this would be great. And there's gonna be a live audience there. Live audience, that's and great. Live streaming the show because remember when you could just watch a boxing match or something like yeah. that, or a sporting event live. You didn't tape it. You is is this this yeah. this versus this, and it's live. That's why I want to do my comedy album like that. I, I don't want to practice, and I, this I practice when I'm here in my home or when I'm on the road doing comedy. Now when I'm doing it live, I don't need five or six tapings of a comedy tape. I can just go out there Dude, and kill it. I, I've I've seen clips of your your stand-up sets, and you have the audience eating out of your hand at all times. So it's going to be great. It's uh, going to I, be great. Listen, I'm going to be working that night, but uh, uh, on your birthday, up, hit, yeah, hit me up with the details, and I will take my break 
in time so I can I can watch at least some of it and I'll call in sure if you want me to. Okay, cool. I want you to call in. I'm gonna send you all the flyer for because I have a I have a video that's circulating. I think I don't know if I sent it to you, but it was a video. I want y'all to promote it. I want y'all to be a part of it because yeah. I think this is us. And I think that you know Rockfin. You know, I'm glad you told me about Rockfin or whatever. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm encouraging everybody to get a subscription to Rockfin. Don't yeah. don't just don't just be with the free stuff. Go get pay for this. It's, it's, this is how you build it's a specifically revolution. Specifically, subscribe to us, too, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> history homos, rock fans specifically. You know, let's build let's build history homos to at least a million followers. Yeah. Beautiful. I love the sound of that. This time yeah. next year, William. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this time next year, Rodney. We'll be millionaires. <laughs> uh, anyway, so anything else you want to plug? Uh, you're uh, at He Was Hysterical. Okay, at he is hysterical oh, yep. on Instagram. He is hysterical. Um, Larry B B E Y A H on Twitter and on that thing called Facebook. Yeah, yeah fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> Mark Zucker Faceberg. I mean, I think you yeah, meant to cool. say, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, for us, uh, for the audio version of the show, www.historyhomos.com. Um, also, obviously, rockvin.com slash historyhomos is where the bonus show each week comes out. Um, and uh, yep, just sign up there. And again, you get a bunch of other stuff, so it's not just us. Uh, but also, uh, follow us across social media at History Homos Pod. That's William. And at Scott Lizard Abrams. That's me on Instagram. And uh, most importantly, I want everyone to know about our Telegram chat, which is so much fun. Um, you can subscribe to our Telegram channel where we get all of our releases and you get any pertinent updates about the show at t as in tranny dot me slash history homos and uh, t as in tiny dot me slash history homos chat is the group chat amazing that's where basically you go there if you're really interested in printing guns raising rabbits <laughs> gardening and hearing uh, me and William bicker like an old couple <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. where we go and the, the dudes in there they they're listening right now they're the fucking best shout outs to the boys uh yeah. and get your asses in there t.me slash history almost chat and uh anything else william you want to say before we hit the dusty old trail i'm gay and i have a small penis <laughs> <Ew>. later <laughs> homos <laughs> 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 <laughs>